before my wife Jennifer and I started dating, she was dating a guy by the name of Chad. And Chad was a all-star basketball player and he played in college. But to be honest, I did not like Chad at all. You see, Chad was a little bit arrogant. And uh, he started, uh, after Jennifer and I started dating, he actually started talking uh, about her behind her back. And I wasn't having this at all. And so uh, I started getting a little bit frustrated by this. But I finally was able to make things even. We were playing intramural intramural basketball against his team. And uh, again, Chad went to this small high school and he was a stud up in northern Indiana. And he could shoot and he could rebound, but he could not defend a lick at all. And so uh, one time down the court, I start talking some trash to him and say, hey, why don't you guard me? And so he does. He starts guarding me, and I start dribbling the ball, and he's standing right in front of me. And I give him one of these moves where I juke him out. He goes all the way to this other side. I come around, take the basketball around my uh, body, go up for a layup, and score. And as the ball is coming through the net, I go, whoa, 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 stop, stop. There's something that you dropped here, Chad. And Chad came over and he's like, what, man? And I'm like, it's your jock strap. Now, at that point, he pushes me. There wasn't really a jock strap. It was just, you know, we were giving some trash talk. Okay. Some of you, you don't see this on the stream right now, but some people really thought it was a jock strap. Now, I know you're smarter on the stream than that, but it's okay, you know. Um, but anyway, so I pick it up, and he shoves me, I shove him. We get in this altercation, and someone has to jump in and kind of separate the two of us before we kind of went at it with one another. And the question is, I wanted to do something, but what is it that I wanted to do? Well, It was kind of an idiotic way, kind of an immature way. But what I was trying to do was to fight for Jen's honor. I wanted it to be known in that moment that this guy was not going to talk about my girlfriend anymore. And I was going to let every other person on that court know that. It kind of reminds me of a song from when I was growing up by Peter Cetera called The Glory of Love. One of the lines goes like this. I am a man who will fight for your honor. Anybody remember that song? Huh? All right. Good, good, good. Those of you online, if not, you can go ahead and if you're under 30, just Google the movie Karate Kid 2. And you will hear that song, and that will become your song as well. Now, now I shared this story not to share my immaturity, but to talk about a word that I think is missing in our culture today, and it's the word honor. You know, I love that word honor. It's such a awesome word. For example, when a man or a woman go off to war and they get injured and they come back, they often will give them a medal of what? Of honor. Uh, When you think about uh, the actual uh, 
kind of slogan of West Point Military Academy. It's duty, and then what's the next word? Honor, then country. Duty, honor, country. We often, when we look at a person who is very courageous, what we will do is we'll say, well, that person, they walk around with a badge of what? Yeah, honor. So let me ask you this morning, is honor in your vocabulary? Is honor something that other people would say they have a lot of it? Every day as you go through your actions, are you a person of honor? Let me ask you, do you honor everybody always? Or do you have a tendency every once in a while to kind of pour shame on other people who are different than you? Who act different than you? Who may believe differently than you? Folks, every single day, your world and my world is bumped up by social media or maybe watching the news or looking at other conversations. And our perspectives get challenged and we are left with a choice. Will we react with shame or will we respond with honor? It's like every single day you come to a crossroad and you get to choose. Will you actually react with shame or will you respond with honor? Now, throughout Scripture, time and time again, what Scripture would say to us is this. React with shame, right? Like just pour shame on people. Put a lot of shame on other people. That's what the Bible says, right? No! It doesn't say that at all. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says this. Outdo one another in showing what? Honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. You know, growing up, I loved to compete. Whether it was in sports, playing cards, whatever, I loved to compete. And I still love to compete now in, in multiple ways. Sometimes my wife's like, we're playing a game with the girls. You don't have to win every time. Um, but there's a part of me that just loves to compete. But when I became a Christian, one of the things that I really kind of got bummed out about was the fact that it just seemed like there was all this like love other people and be kind to other people. But there wasn't like any verse about competition until I found this verse in uh, Romans chapter 12. And here, what Paul is encouraging is competition in the church. He says, I want you to have competition. And this is how you should do it. You should try to outdo one another, not trying to find honor in yourself, but to show honor to others. This is why right now what I'd like you to do if you're on the stream is I want you to look at a person beside you in the room that you're in. If you're by yourself, then look at some pictures or think of somebody. And for all of you in the auditorium right now, I want you to look at the person beside you or above you or, or somewhere. And this is what I want you to realize, that you need to have an attitude that says, I'm going to outdo you. Just look at the person saying, I'm going to outdo you. Well, how are you going to outdo them? You're going to outdo them by honoring them. You're going to outdo them by honoring them. 
If I'm going to be known for anything at the end of my life, I want to be known as a person of honor. And Scripture challenges us, right, that we are to honor God. We're to honor our parents. We're to honor our government leaders. We're to honor our bosses. We are to honor everyone always. So let me ask you this morning, is there anyone in your life right now, is there anyone in your life that you're struggling to honor? Is there anybody who may post something on Facebook and you're wanting to shame them? I know it's hard. I know it's difficult not to react when you hear something and you're like, oh, that's so stupid. Why would they do that? Because when you're being bumped up with your worldview against people who have very different worldviews or perspectives, what our natural inclination is, we want to pour shame on that other person. But don't give into the temptation. Instead, Give into the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus is the way of honor. In fact, Jesus actually shared with his brother James about ingredients that all of us should have in our lives if we are going to walk through life as honorable people. Jesus said, this is my mission, brother, and when I'm no longer here, I want you to make sure that people know how to follow me and carry it out to be the kind of people who do not pour shame, but who pour honor in them. To be the type of person who adds to a conversation rather than giving noise and distraction within it. Jesus was clear that we need to speak up but we need to do it with honor and wisdom. Then his brother James, like I said, writes to us five different ingredients that you and I can use in any situation to be able to outdo one another in showing honor. So for the rest of our time, I just want to share these five ingredients with you. In James chapter 3, starting verse 17, we read this. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life. Now, what's that word holy mean? Because all of us would say, I want to become more holy. What does that mean? It means to be set apart, or it means there is a devotion to God in every circumstance of your life. But James says it's not just solely about a mission for God, but it is characterized By actually getting along with others. It's about honoring everyone. Every single person. Even the people you can't stand. Even the people who drive you crazy. Even the people who have a different worldview than you. You are to honor them. Now the first ingredient of honor is this. And if you're on uh, our... uh, our, our uh, what do you call it, outline, thank you. Uh, if you're on our outline, you can just go ahead and type this in. Here's the first ingredient of honor. What it says is, it is gentle and reasonable. It is gentle and reasonable. When you get into a heated conversation with somebody else, 
Do you get all amped up and pretty soon you find yourself getting red in the face and you're irrational? Or do you respond with kind and gentle words and you radically kind of de-escalate the conversation? Do you ever have any of those conversations with your spouse or with your parents or with a friend or with someone on Facebook? Folks, what honor does is that it recognizes that all of us are a work in progress. Honor says we're a work in progress. I, uh, I love what Ruth Graham Bell, or, uh, yeah, Ruth Graham Bell, who was uh, Billy Graham's uh, wife, put on her tombstone. She put these words, End of construction, thank you for your patience. Don't you love that? End of construction, thank you for your patience. We're all a work in progress, folks. None of us have arrived. And can you imagine if all of us walked through our life living like that? However, what most people do is they see something on Facebook or on Twitter, or they hear the news and they start reacting, and because their worldview gets threatened, they lash out at other people. And in that moment, they're not being gentle, they're not being reasonable. They're just playing the shame game kind of saying to the other person that I am ashamed of you because you're not living to my standard. And folks, what honor says is all of us are a work in progress. Honor says none of us have arrived. We're still all under construction. She's in process. He's in process. We're all in process. And sometimes the best way to add honor, you want to know how to be an honorable person? When you're on the computer, you step back. When you're kind of on your phone, you step back. Sometimes the best thing you can do to be an honorable person is to turn off the news. Sometimes the best thing you can do is step back and pray, God, give me a gentle reminder That everybody is a work in progress. We're all in process together. Now, the second ingredient, if you want to be a person of honor, is that it's overflowing with mercy. It's overflowing with mercy. Now, growing up, uh, my older brother, Tim, uh, liked to wrestle, but he really just liked to get me in a headlock like this and then put me down on the ground And then, like a WWF wrestler, he would hold me down there until he would look and he'd go, Say it! Say it! And I'd look up at him, I'd be like, Say what? Say what? And he'd go, Say the word! You say the word! And the word always was, Mercy! Mercy! And sometimes he would let me up, and sometimes he wouldn't. And anyone... Who knows about mercy knows what this logo is about. You know what this logo is for? The ultimate fighting championship. This is where two men or two women get in an octagon cage 
and they fight each other until somebody taps out or they stop the fight. And when the other person is tapping out, what they're basically saying is, Mercy! Mercy! You see, folks, mercy is not forcing your will upon another person. It's not forcing them to tap out or to cry out, but it's about letting someone who has hurt you or offended you or has bumped up against your worldview to be able to say, we're all a work in process, we're all a work in progress, I will let that person off the hook. It's letting the person off the hook. That's what mercy means. And folks, if you think about it, Jesus was the ultimate example of mercy. He is in heaven. He is God's one and only son. And he comes down to earth and he sees all of your sin. He sees all of my sin. He sees the sin of the world. All the times that we flubbed up, messed up, screwed up in life. And because he's holy because he's never sinned, because he's only ever known everything to be good, he could have forced us to tap out. He could have pinned us down. He could have forced us to cry out and to tap out. But instead, he did something different. He actually reaches down and he pulls us out of our shame in our sin, and he says, I'll do for you what you can't do for yourself. And he goes to a cross and he dies on a cross because of his amazing love for each one of you, for his love for every single one of you that's on the stream right now. And the reason he did that is because he wants a relationship with you. Because whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, it really doesn't matter. He wants a relationship with you. And the reason he does is because he doesn't want you to carry your shame and your guilt by yourself. He wants to give you freedom. He wants to give you mercy. You see, mercy is such a gift, and yet many times we love to receive it from God. We just don't like to give it to anybody else. You know, people who overflow with mercy, though, have eyes that when they see other people and they do stupid things, they go, well, they're a work in process. I get it. And instead of trying to force the other person to, like, tap out, they have eyes to be able to see how to honor everyone always because every single person is just a prayer away from their eternity being changed. In fact, they want to overflow with mercy because they realize they've done some stupid, boneheaded things and God has covered them in mercy and so they want to extend that mercy to others. And when they do, they understand that that could transform, redeem, restore, reconcile a person back to God. In every conversation, instead of trying to get people to tap out Why don't we try to simply overflow with mercy into their lives? 
The third kind of ingredient is overflowing with blessings. It's when people can respond well and they don't react out of shame toward another person who has threatened their worldview. Instead, they respond with honor because they understand that many of God's blessings that have come to them is not to stay with them, but it's to be released to the people around them. A person of honor has a worldview that as they walk through life, they're filled with gratitude. And because they're filled with gratitude, they actually are filled with humility. But a person whose worldview is driven to pass shame to another person often is driven by pride. And what they like to do is play the watchdog. You're behaving like this. You're acting like this. I'm going to have to say something about that. And they're trying to make the people around them tap out. And folks, I want you to know this. Pride is an honor killer. Pride kills honor every single time. But someone who is overflowing with blessing recognizes how much God has done for them... And they want to extend that to other people around them. You see, they walk through life with humility and they're constantly saying, I've got so much to learn. God, I know you have so much to teach me. So I'm going to just assume this person is a work in process, a work in progress, and I'm not going to be overcome and overwhelmed by them. A fourth ingredient that people have who have honor is they're not hot one day and cold the next. People who have honor, they're not boiling red in the face and they're so hot and mad and angry. But they also don't give a cold shoulder and ignore people. Now, I have a feeling that some of you know some people like this. They're hot one minute and then they're freezing cold the next. And it's very difficult, isn't it, to, like, be around people like this? Because every time you're around them, you're kind of like, I'm on my tippy toes. Because you don't know what you might say that's going to cause some kind of chaos. And if you say something, it's just going to make them kind of explode. And so you struggle with that. Or there's other people maybe that in the next moment, they can just be like a cold shoulder. They ignore you. They don't want anything to do with you whatsoever. And I want you to know that's not the way that honor works. You see, the problem is when you and I get threatened, when someone sets off our trigger, when all of a sudden they do something or they say something and it sets us off or they push a worldview that we're not ready for or that we don't want, it's very easy for us to go off to get angry, to get fired up. Or depending on your personality, you might actually just give them the cold shoulder. We may shut them down. We may end the conversation. This is where people, I see it all the time, someone they don't agree with, they put a line in the sand and they say, I am done with you. But folks, that's not a relationship. That's not what God intended us to be about. Folks, if you want healthy relationships, if you want healthy friendships, 
You can't do this. You don't believe what I believe? You don't behave the way that I behave? Then get out of my life. I don't want anything to do with you. Why? Because that's not the way that Jesus acted. If that was the way that Jesus acted, folks, none of us would be able to be a part of his family. Because all of us have messed up, flubbed up, screwed up in life. And yet Jesus came with honor. So when you look at your life, are you the type of person who is hot one day and cold the next? Or do you have a steadiness of faith as you walk through your day? Is there dependence and trust where you're constantly asking God, God, help me in these relationships that I'm being tested in. God, I need your help right now because this person is pushing my buttons and I want to explode. So keep me grounded and trusting and asking appropriate questions. God, help me to hear their whole story before I cast some kind of judgment. Let me learn about the other person's worldview. Let me hear their perspective. Let me understand. Now, sometimes this is what happens. People are saying, well, you're just saying I should be a doormat, let them do whatever. No, 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 no. You should hold on to your Christian principles. You should hold on to your Christian beliefs. I'm not going to back down from Christ, but I'm going to be gentle and I'm going to listen and I'm actually going to try to understand. Now, the fifth ingredient for a person who's trying to be a person of honor is they're not two-faced. And you know two-faced people, don't you? Two-faced people who are people who say one thing while you're around, and then when they get away from you, they start whispering about you. Two-faced people get really, really upset about something, and they get angry when nobody's watching, and then they get online and they put all kinds of stuff out there, but they never actually want to have a face-to-face honest conversation with another person. Two-faced people are not wanting relationships. What they want to do is to tear people down. They're wanting to control another person, to paint a picture that isn't true about them so that other people will think of that person less and they'll think of them somehow more. And folks, this is all I want to say. It's got to stop. It's got to stop in the church. It's got to stop with those of you who would say, I'm a Christ follower. It's got to stop. It's rampant. In our world. But James is saying that if you have these five ingredients, you walk through your life with holiness. And the world will see then, man, Christians are different. People who go to church, they actually are different. James 3.18 goes on to say this. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only, and you should circle that, only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity, and what's the next word? Honor. Folks, let me ask you, what kind of community do you want us to become? What kind of church do you want us 
to be. The kind of church that is robust and flourishing. The kind of church that when people walk into these doors, and I'm telling you, over the weeks and months and throughout this year, more people will walk in these doors and as they're returning and as they're coming for the first time, could we be the type of church where people would walk in and go, man, that place at the jar, it's a place where they honor people. It's a place where they give respect and dignity to every single person. It's a place that shows love to everyone, regardless of what your past has been. There's something beautiful that's going on in that place in the civic because it's a place that is driven by honor and dignity. And let me tell you how we can be that kind of church. You've got to answer this question, and here it is. Is there anybody in your life to whom you're struggling right now to show honor? This is where you have to look in the face and begin with yourself and say, ask the question, is there anybody in your life to whom you are struggling right now to show honor? Maybe it's your mom and dad. And each time they say something, you're just like, oh, and you want to pour on, on some shame in their life. Maybe it's a coworker, and they're always coming into the break room, and they're always saying stupid stuff, and you just want to say, would you quit being so stupid? And yet, you're very tempted to do that. Or maybe it's somebody that posts something on your wall and you're like, are you serious? Why would you do that? You see, folks, you either choose to be a person who reacts with shame towards another person or you respond with honor. Folks, that's not the kind of attitude that God desires. Folks, that's not the kind of attitude Because shame never helps at all. Because every time we find ourselves at odds with another person, and before you go to bed tonight, I guarantee you'll find yourselves at odds with someone, especially if you're married. And when that happens, you become the kind of person who either chooses to react with shame or you respond with honor. And if you are always turning other people away, then you and I just look like the rest of the world. Every time we choose not to love everyone always, we just look like the rest of the world. Folks, the truth is, those in the church, those who are Christians, need to be the example of honoring other people. We need to actually set a tone. We need to be a a picture of what it means to honor everyone always. We need to be the kind of people who stay in a conversation even when the other person is driving us crazy rather than being so hot-headed or cold-shouldered towards that person. 
We need to be the kind of people who are overflowing with mercy and blessing. And I think if we would do this, just those of us who are here today, those of us who are on the stream, that if we did that, we could change Muncie and Delaware County and all of East Central Indiana as a place of honor. We could change the world around us and we can be the robust community that James was told how to live out. And I believe, I strongly believe that we can do this with God's strength. So, if you're willing today to say, yeah, I want to believe that too. I want to actually be a person of honor as I walk through this week. Then I'm going to invite you to kind of do a bold thing. I'm just going to invite you to stand. So if you want to be a person of honor this week, would you just stand right now? Each one of you, if you want to be a person of honor, just stand. And I'm glad you all stood. I was afraid someone would be like, nope, I'd like to be a person of dishonor. Um, I'd like to be a person of shame. I'd like to give shame to a lot of people. So I'm glad that you're doing that. Those of you on the stream, you probably should stand too, by the way. And what I'd like us to do is read this declaration of action of what we're going to be this week. So it'll come up on the screen and let's read it out loud together. This week, we will strive to outdo one another in showing honor that is gentle and reasonable, that is overflowing with mercy and blessings, that is not hot one day and cold the next, and never two-faced. We will honor everyone always. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for showing us what it means to honor everyone always. Help us to strive to be like you, to strive to be people who compete to outdo others to show honor. Help us not to give shame to those around us who we might even disagree with, but to have wisdom to be gentle and reasonable and to overflow in mercy and in blessings. And to not be hot one moment and cold the next or to be two-faced, but to be the type of people who honor you and honor everyone always. Today, some of you may not understand what it means to honor another person because the truth is you've never honored God. You've never said, God, I want you to be the top spot in my life. And because you haven't done that, you haven't lived a life of honor. And yet there's something that's stirring within you right now that's like, I want to be a person of honor. I want other people to know that that's the kind of person I am. And folks, how you honor God and how you honor people while you're here on earth has a direct correlation to how you're going to be honored in heaven. Guaranteed. So today, if you're ready to give your one and only life to Christ to say, I want to be a person of honor, but I need you, God, in my life, and I want to honor you first, but I need you. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. Then I'm just going to invite you to say a prayer 
to make that commitment today. And it's not a prayer that you say by yourself, but we say it together in unity because you never pray alone here at the jar. So I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you. I want to honor you with my life. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.